Hello, everyone. Um, it's so lovely to be here with you in Carrick Town Hall in the centre of our town. It's so lovely to be able to worship together at Christmas time. Um, my name is Chantelle. I'm one of the leaders here. Um, and tonight, I just want to share a wee bit with you around the theme of O Come, Let Us Adore Him. Um, people who know me know that I love music and I love worship music. And I find that I really meet with God in worship. Um, it's great to like play music on your phone or on YouTube at home, um, and that is fab, but I especially love it when you can gather together with a group of people like this and worship God together. And whenever I was thinking about Christmas this year, I just kept thinking of the chorus from the well-known carol, O Come All Ye Faithful, which of course is, O Come Let Us Adore Him, yes. So um, I just feel like after the last couple of years that we've had, you know, so much has happened that we didn't expect. The separation, the lockdowns, the disappointments, the grief, the sickness, the struggles, the uncertainty. Like we've seen different people in our church, in our community, just go through so much. And to me, O Come Let Us Adore Him just felt like an invitation, a coming together to be together again, to gather and to adore him, to adore Jesus. And to be honest, it's, I just hope that it's something that I don't take for granted ever again. You know, the sheer fact of being able to gather together in a room like this, of being able to be with other people. And I really missed it so much when we couldn't be together, when we couldn't comfort people who were hurting, when we couldn't share joys and sorrows in person. You know, we did use technology, FaceTime, Zoom and all that to try and help one another along. But it just wasn't totally the same, not being able to hug, not being able to stand alongside someone and pray, to laugh and cry, to sing, to worship and to come together to adore him, Jesus our Saviour. So what does adore actually mean? It means to love deeply, to be devoted to, to hold dear, to admire, to regard highly, to look up to, to revere, to worship. So tonight, this is about us coming together to adore and worship Jesus as we're celebrating his birth this Christmas time. Oh, come, let us adore him. And we know that he was born as a vulnerable baby with not even a proper room to welcome him. And we can see in Luke chapter 2, it says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So in the Christmas story, we learn that various different people came to adore Jesus, and they all brought something unique. And it prompted me to ask this question to myself, and what I want to ask you guys tonight is, what can I bring? So tonight, we want to look at three different people who came to adore Jesus. There were the shepherds, we're going to look at them, the magi, the kings, the wise men, whatever you want to call them, and also Simeon, who encountered Jesus in the temple when he was brought there by his parents. 
So first of all, we're going to look at the shepherds. And tonight our readings are via video. So here is Sam reading from Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8. Luke 2, uh, beginning in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that, that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Okay, so the shepherds were just doing their job, living out in the fields, watching over the flocks, and an angel of the Lord appears, and the glory of the Lord shone around, and they were terrified. And the angel wasn't sent to the chief priests or the elders or those in authority or in leadership, who it seems would not have been ready to receive the message anyway, but to a company of poor shepherds. They were lowly and in innocent employment, and God chose them to be the ones to hear the good news first. He takes their fear that they initially feel and gives them cause for joy. Can you imagine? It must have been so overwhelming. First of all, to see an angel and then to see a heavenly host of angels praising God. You're on a hillside, minding your own business, minding the sheep, and all of a sudden, this just happens out of the blue. Um, I'm going to show you a clip now, which will hopefully give us an idea of what it was like for the shepherds and what they experienced. So this is a few minutes long, so have a wee look at this.
virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And shall call his name Emmanuel. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. To establish it 
and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. is actually taken from a show called The Chosen, which you might have heard Paul mention a few times if you're in our church. But that's actually a short film they made about the shepherds. Um, I'll post the link on our Facebook page later, but I think if you just put in you, into YouTube The Chosen Shepherds, and it's actually lovely because I didn't show you the whole thing, so it's about 20 minutes, but there's an interaction with Mary and Joseph and that injured shepherd before when they're trying to find a place and it's it's actually really lovely the way they've depicted it and I think it just really shows us you know how the shepherds reacted you know we also obviously read about it in scripture because it says in Luke 2 let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened that the Lord has told us about and what I just really notice about the shepherds is there's no hesitation you know there seems to be this urgency as soon as the angels appear as soon as they hear this good news let's go to Bethlehem and see what God has told us there's so eager to come and adore the Lord and as you can see there they just hurry off they find Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger as God had said they come and adore him but then their immediate response straight after that is to share you know when they had seen him they spread the word concerning what had been told to them and everyone who hears them say it is amazed Oh, come, let us adore him. The shepherds respond to the overwhelming experience they've had and the invitation to worship the newborn Jesus. And what do they bring? They bring themselves. They come just as they are. They bring a willingness to respond to the unexpected. They bring an urgency to go. They bring an obedience. And when they've seen Jesus for themselves, they bring a desire to share it with other people and they spread the word concerning what God has told them about Jesus. And if you think about it, they're shepherds. The only ones they usually talk to are sheep. You know, they're not used to going around talking to people. They're not used to having people listen to them. They're just lowly shepherds, but they're compelled to, sh to share what they've seen. And you see in the clip, they're like, they're like, people must know. Everyone has to know about this. We have to share this. So I just thought as well, it caused me to ask myself, what can I bring? What can I bring this question I've been coming back to? And like the shepherds, we can bring ourselves, no matter who we are, no matter what our position, our job. And, and like that shepherd in the clip that you saw, he was hurt. We can come in our brokenness and we can bring our obedience, our willingness to just go, to respond to the unexpected, to behold Jesus and then to share, even if that's not what we're used to doing. Remember, everyone who heard it was so amazed at what the shepherds had to say. And who knows this Christmas, if we get the opportunity to share what God has done in our lives, people could be amazed to hear you just never know when we've experienced what Jesus has done in our own lives it's that sense of people need to know everyone must know about this and that's what we can bring like the shepherds did now we're going to have a second reading again via video and this is going to be read by Sharon who's actually going to be leading the Alpha course in January that we told you about earlier and she's going to read from us from Matthew chapter 2 
not chapter 1 like she says in the video. So it's actually Matthew chapter 2, 1 to 12, if you want to follow along. Hi everyone, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Oh, come, let us adore him. So the Magi or the wise men or the kings or whatever you want to call them, they had traveled a long way from the east. And initially they came to Jerusalem to ask, where's the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we've come to worship him. And it's likely that they were astronomers. And I don't want to burst everyone's bubble of nativity plays but it's likely there weren't only three of them there was actually a great company of them and they came to the area and they expected to find answers in Jerusalem Jerusalem was the capital city of the Jews and these wise men were expecting to find Jesus in the place of power where the leaders were and they thought the people in the capital city of the Jews would be interested as well and Matthew doesn't tell us specifically that the star guided them there. And it's interesting to notice that the shepherds didn't get lost. The shepherds didn't miss their way. They came to Christ at once. While the wise men who even had a star to guide them, they missed their way. And they went to Jerusalem instead of Bethlehem. They inquired at the palace of Herod instead of at the stable where Christ was born. And they really, truly did want to worship Jesus, but they were looking for him in the wrong place. He wasn't in the capital with the kings and the powerful. He was in the stable, sharing with animals and being visited by lowly shepherds. 
And we see from that reading as well that King Herod, he tried to trick them because he wanted to send them to Bethlehem to find the child and then report back to him. And he was pretending, oh, I want to worship him too. But in fact, he was jealous as a king and he wanted to kill Jesus. And we if you read around that, you find that about Herod. He loved power. He inflicted heavy taxes on the people and he was actually cruel and jealous. But we, we understand from this story that the wise men were intentional. They came to worship Jesus, but they looked in the wrong place and they were nearly deceived. And thankfully, they follow the star and they do eventually find the place where Jesus was. And I just love reading about their reaction when they finally get there. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures, presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Like, they were just so overcome. It says that they bowed down. In another translation, it says they fell down. And whenever I was thinking about that real sense of just being in awe, overwhelmed, bowing down um, when you meet Jesus, it reminded me of a quote that I'd read years ago um, from a book called Face Down by Matt Redman. When we face up to the glory of God, we soon find ourselves face down in worship. To worship face down is the ultimate outward sign of inner reverence. Face down worship always begins as a posture of the heart. It's a person so desperate for the increase of Christ that they find themselves decreasing to the ground in an act of reverent submission. A soul so captivated by the Almighty that to bend low in true and total surrender seems the only appropriate response. So the wise men have truly come to adore. Oh, come, let us adore him. Bowing down, worshipping face down in surrender. And then opening up their treasure, presenting their gifts to him, bringing an offering, something costly, something precious. So what can I bring? What, how does that, what does that mean for me today? They brought an intentionality to worship, so much so that they traveled a long way, not being sure of their destination. Whenever you stop and think about that, it is a bit crazy. Like, imagine a group of people, a group of guys, right, guys, see that star up there? We're just going to go and see where it takes us. We're going to follow it, and hopefully we'll find what we're looking for. You know, Imagine that, just bringing a heart to worship Jesus, even when you don't know what the destination is, even when you don't know where it will lead you, even when the way ahead doesn't seem clear. Just seek him and find him and then worship him. And perhaps like the wise men, we need to think about where we're looking for Jesus. You know, are we looking for him in places of prominence or with people of significance? Or are we ready to look in that lowly stable with those we might not expect to be with ourselves or we might not expect him to be with? And perhaps in this story, there's a warning as well to be careful of those who might try to deceive us like Herod, who might try to take us off track and stop us from honoring God. Like the wise men, we can bring our treasure not guarding everything close, holding it just for ourselves. We can bow with adoration and fall before him. 
that quote, you know, allow our souls to be so captivated that the only appropriate response is to worship face down. And it just creates in me this hunger, you know. I feel like we've been constricted in our worship, you know. It's felt a bit clinical, you know, being first of all on Zoom and then like sitting apart, you know, just those times of intimacy, worshiping together, crying out to God, asking him to move. Like how much do we long for those times and where our response is so heartfelt that we just kneel down and bow down and worship him. And also we can learn from the wise men something else that we can bring an openness to the supernatural, being willing to trust that God can speak to us in different ways, in mysterious ways, in ways that don't seem normal. You know, like they followed a star, like he warned them in a dream. He warned them in a dream and they changed their plans, which ultimately when you think about it, saved Jesus' life. So what can I bring tonight like the wise men? I can bring my worship. I can bring my surrender. I can bring my treasure. I can bring my heartfelt trust to him. So the last person we're going to look at now is Simeon, who comes to adore Jesus when he's presented in the temple. And this is also found in Luke chapter 2, which Milan is going to read for us now on the screen. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So in this passage, Mary and Joseph have bought, brought Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord at the temple with a sacrifice, and that was in keeping with the law of the Lord. So what did Simeon bring here in this story? Well, he might have heard rumors regarding the coming of the Messiah. People had heard about John the Baptist and his birth and meaning was talked about a lot. Maybe Simeon had even heard what the shepherds had said who'd shared the good news and amazed everyone. So Simeon was waiting. He was waiting for the Messiah. But it wasn't just rumors. It was the Holy Spirit who led Simeon to the temple on that day. He was a man who knew how to be led by the Spirit. He'd heard God's promise to him before, but also that day he was prompted to go to the temple at the right time. 
He was a righteous man, devout. He was holy and knowledgeable. He, he knew his scriptures. He knew what he was waiting for. But he was also so open to the Holy Spirit. And when he sees Jesus, it's such a beautiful response. It's so loving. He's just so amazed and thrilled. And he takes Jesus into his arms and he praises God. Like, how amazing to think he actually held the Savior in his arms. And that is really like, oh, come, let us adore him. And he praises God, he prophesies over Jesus, and he reveals that he will cause the rise and fall of many in Israel. And like we know now how many different people responded to Jesus. We can read about the repentance of Peter, the despair and the betrayal of Judas, the fact that one thief on the cross blasphemed and the other thief on the cross believed. Some love and accept Jesus and others reject him. So how do we respond to him today? And Simeon warns Mary too. He speaks to her as well. Being Jesus' mother is going to cause you great joy, but it's also going to cause you great sorrow. It's so incredible, really, that this man was able to speak words of truth over Jesus, over his life and over his parents. So what can I bring? What can I bring like Simeon? Like Simeon, we can follow God, we can live lives honoring Jesus, we can be holy and righteous, but we also need to bring an openness to the Holy Spirit, listening to his prompts, listening to what God is saying to us and, and going where he shows us. And could we have that loving response like Simeon when we encounter Jesus? It almost feels like relief, like I've now seen your salvation and I have complete peace. And just to finish, like I think that is the amazing thing when we're considering what can I bring, that when we offer our lives to Jesus, our worship, our treasure, our surrender, our trust, our lives are changed. There's a divine exchange. When we encounter him, we can just come as we are, like the shepherds, like the wise men, like Simeon, bow down and worship him, and he gives us peace. He gives us purpose, and he gives us courage as we follow him. As I said at the beginning, I just love worship songs, and a song that has spoken to me very often is called, I Will Offer Up My Life. And the words um, are, I will offer up my life in spirit and truth. It's about receiving the sacrifice of a broken heart, coming to God in our brokenness, just as we are. And it says, Jesus, what can I give? What can I bring to so faithful a friend, to so loving a king? And this Christmas time, that's the question I'm asking myself. And that's the question that I want to give to you guys tonight. Jesus, what can I give? What can I bring? So let's come together. Oh, come, let us adore him. That invitation, like the shepherds, like the wise men, like Simeon, Bow down and worship Jesus, our Lord and Savior.